0: Hi everyone, welcome again to my podcast. It's been a while since I posted anything, um, but I want to make sure that you guys know that I am back. So let's get started. Without any sound. You know, like, um, I was going to say that for the beginning of this podcast, I sounded super cheery, and it's crazy because the subjects I talk about on this podcast are not cheery subjects, so I don't want anyone to misinterpret my, my giddiness, my happiness, or whatever you want to call it, for, I don't know. mm me thinking that this is a light subject. It's not a light subject at all. So I just wanted to clarify that and put that out there so you guys know that I understand that these are people's lives, someone's family, brother, sister, uh, wife, daughter, you know, so these are very serious um subjects and people's lives were affected by whatever it is um that I'm talking about. So Anyways, wanted to just point that out. Alright, well, thank you for joining me, and uh, I really appreciate it. Please don't don't forget to subscribe, to like it, um, and download it. So, thank you so much again. Okay, so today's um, disappearances actually is, uh, there's going to be a couple. Just because there's um, there's a lot of information um, in regards to this. So basically what I'm going to be doing is kind of summarizing a little bit about somebody's work. His name is David Paulides. Um, if you don't know about him, he is a former police officer who is now an investigator and writer. And he is known prim- primarily for his self-published books and one dedicated to proving the reality of Bigfoot. Um, he talks about um, how a lot there's a lot of pockets in National Forest where there have been unexplained disappearances. Um, and by unexplained, I mean like there has not been any evidence of foul play or a body has not been found There has been no trace of where it went or what happened to it um, and stuff like that. Or if a victim is found, they're found like with their, you know. He talks a lot about, I think, uh, the chapter that I kind of uh, heard about was about hunters. So in this uh, podcast that he was on, uh, which is called, I think it's BBR Deer Hunt, episode. their episode 280. He explains some of the statistics, but primarily he talks a little bit more about, like, hunters that have disappeared. Anyways, um, so a lot of the information I found for this uh, episode came from Wikipedia and a website called OutdoorLife.com. Okay, so... Um, back to the podcast that I heard, um, he's talking most mostly about the hunters, um, and I didn't know this, but <laughs> apparently there's bow hunters, there's bow hunters and rifle hunters, obviously one uses a bow, one uses a rifle, and um, I, I just wasn't aware that that still kind of um, existed, which is um, interesting. Anyways, um, some of the, I didn't listen to the whole entire podcast, but a little bit of the interesting part that I did hear was that um, most of the time I got the sense that when people go out hunting, they go out in groups, maybe two, three people, uh, four. So these groups, um, uh, if someone gets separated and lost, what they're supposed to do is shoot off three consecutive uh, rounds. And that lets your party know that you're lost. So, you know, if you kind of wander off, hopefully you're not wandering, like, extensive miles here. We're not talking about extensive mi- miles of, uh, you know, you going out further than they can hear you. But, I mean, obviously, if you shoot off these three consecutive rounds, your group will know that you're lost. Or if there's other hunters around, they might be able to help you because... They'll know. Oh, okay, this person is lost. Um, and they talked about some of the clusters, like I mentioned, of these disappearances that happen in specific areas. Like, for example, they brought up um, they spe- they're speculating as to why, like in Mississippi, there's hardly any disappearances. Uh, there's like zero disappearances in Mississippi, and hardly any in Alabama. So, like, there's speculation as to why in the surrounding areas there are disappearances but not in those areas so anyways so apparently uh incidents of missing hunters are fairly common throughout north america so whether that means in alaska or south there's um they're still pretty common and a common denominator in most of these cases is that the people who become lost are either ill-equipped or unschooled in the skills necessary to keep themselves safe until they can find help or be rescued or they are somehow injured or incapac- incapacitated and unable to signal rescuers regarding their whereabouts. But the cases I read were kind of like not anything to do with that. These were experienced hunters, or people who at least have some hunting experience and who realize um, what to do in case of an emergency. Um, An interesting fact um, that was on the Outdoor Living website was that, uh, to give you a brief overview, is that from 1997 till 2003, the Oregon Office of Emergency Management recorded 336 reports of missing hunters. So the SAR teams found most of the hunters alive and 12 dead. Um and SAR thing means for search and rescue. <laughs> so just so you guys know. Okay. So the one case that I'm going to talk about today Is of one hunter his name was James P. Rambone Jr. Um and he was 51 years old at the time of his disappearance and he disappeared on September 3rd 2003. Okay so James Rambone who was from Rhode Island had decided to go on the trip of his life according to his then girlfriend Pam Russo He had gone to the tundra near Kani Kani Pisgau River, south of, okay, I can't say this. (laughs) K-U-U-J-J-U-A-Q, Quebec. Um, I don't know how to say that. Kujok? Anyways. Um, he was there to hunt some caribou. So, um, for non-most non-native hunters opt to hire a guide for caribou hunting, but in the case of James, he had chosen an 8-day unguided hunt out of camp Sardine, some 240 miles from the nearest village, confident in his abilities as an experienced hunter and outdoorsman. So, what is strange about the case is that uh when Uh, Okay, so he goes on his hunting trip and they become separated. Um, And when his party tries to look for him, he is nowhere to be found. And so what they found was strange was when they looked for him, all they found was his fluorescent orange vest and his camera near a caribou carcass but otherwise there was no gun no clothing or any sign that there that he had ever been there so there was you know a search was conducted several air and tracking dogs were brought in to try and locate him through the search but he was nowhere to be found um some of the theories well the one main theory Is that because there are no, like they were just saying that there were a bear or a wolf or any other wild animal would probably leave some sort of sign that they, you know, that James had been attacked. They wouldn't, maybe they would have taken a part of him or there would be blood um, everywhere or in certain areas, but there was absolutely no trace of that. Of any of that sort of stuff going on, so what David Paulides, um, I guess, speculates, and those that you know know of him, I or follow him, know that there's this uh, idea that Bigfoot exists, so that these men uh, happen to come upon him or her. I'm not sure if Bigfoot is a woman. I mean, there must be if they're procreating. I don't know. Anyways, um, so these men are in the wrong place at the wrong time. And um, from what I could read, there are disappearances out there that kind of make you think, okay, there's something going on. Because, you know, like was mentioned, if a wild animal were to attack... I mean, there would be some noise, especially if you're like a rifle hunter, wouldn't you like try and shoot, shoot off, defend yourself somehow, you know, but there's none of that, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no rifle going off, there's no help yells, nothing, there's no fighting, you know, in the areas, there's no sign of a fight or a struggle, these people just disappear. So um, So what I was just gonna go back to was about hunting. So you're in groups, and a lot of the stories that I read, a lot of the information that's out there is that um, the way I, I think it works is that you go in your groups and you're not too far away from each other, and you're mostly probably should be visible to each other, at least if you're in a group right um but a lot of the disappearances that i read about were about these men going off on their own so once you get separated it's it's these men have disappeared and there has been no trace of them that has ever been found you know at times they're they're just gone so perhaps if you're a hunter out there whether you're a bow hunter or a rifle hunter You might want to stay in visible view of your group because once you go off, it's much harder to try and find someone um, once they've disappeared. Um, So how about no wandering off? (laughs) You know, like the kids in school, you know, they go in pairs to the bathroom. So maybe stay in pairs. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, so the speculation is that they're coming across something in these woods, in these forests, that is taking them without any trace, and these men completely disappear. Okay, so that's that was James. But there was, um, going back to David Paulides, um, he actually wrote, You know, he's a self-published author. And he wrote, and that's what the podcast was talking about, that he wrote these books about these missing hunters. It's called uh, 411, The Missing 411. And he's got, I think there's some podcasts out there that kind of talks a little bit more about that. Um, But it's interesting um, that... He was actually mentioning that when they're, you know, that a rifle hunter has, you know, those three shots as a warning. But as far as a bow hunter, a bow hunter won't, won't do that. But they were saying that some of the bow hunters that have disappeared, they've kind of, they've disappeared entirely. Like their whole equipment, nothing has ever been found. No bow, bow, you know, no arrow, None of that has been found. So those are the um, interesting facts that surround some of these cases. Another similar story to that of James was of... And all of these stories kind of sound similar like this. Someone is always going off on their own for whatever reason, and they're just never found. um, In a sad story, another sad story is this... 31-year-old Jeremy Childress, who disappeared in October, October 17, 2004. And he had gone, he had been hunting all day with um, a friend and his friend's son. And after returning to the camp that evening, they had decided to drive down the mountain um, to look for firewood. So they drove for several hours searching for the camp Because it became lost. It was, you know, there was a dense fog. And so when children became frustrated, you know, they they stopped their truck. They pulled over to the side. And they kind of started walking towards where they thought the camp was. But his friend's son became scared. So his friend and his son returned back to the pickup truck. And, um... Then what happened was that Jeremy decided to keep going in search of the camp. And that was the last time he was seen. He was seen walking into the fog and was never seen again. There was another extensive SAR search uh, that turned up nothing. Um, all they found was a wrapper of his favorite brand of chewing gum. And nothing was ever found. Uh, A passerby says that they heard someone firing three rapid shots that Sunday evening and it might have been an SOS signal that was from Childress but um, several searches um, (laughs) resulted in nothing. There was no other clues that could have been found so he is one of those that is still up in the mountains as they say um so um i would suggest if you still have an interest kind of look up um this guy david paulides um or any of the bigfoot experts i'm not an expert i don't know i kind of briefly looked at a map uh, with some dots as to where some of the disappearances happen and it's crazy because even you know log looking at all the loggings of disappearances they mostly happen around national forests or inside these national forests so it's quite interesting um and that includes you know people who are not hunters who have disappeared but um it's Interesting, it's an interesting speculation uh, as to what is in the forest that is, um, you know, having these men disappear without a trace. And I don't know, I'm thinking may- maybe like not like sand, like quicksand, but like maybe holes in the ground, maybe there's cracks they fall through and they're just never found, they go into caves, they're never found. I mean. So many unexplored places in the forest, right? That's why I hey, hate um, the my favorite podcast. You know, called My Favorite Murder. They always say, "Don't go, don't go into the forest. Don't go." So, but, um, anyways, that is today's story, and um, I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. Stay in groups and uh, don't wander off. Okay. See you next time. Bye. Okay. I want to add an, amen- a, a, an amendment here because my daughter who listens to me doing these podcasts just says, she's like, how dare you tell them to be in groups when there's coronavirus? So I don't know if there's any hunting going on, but I guess six feet apart, that's still visible as long as you're staying within each other's um, side of line or line of sight, however it is <laughs> you say it. So anyways. I guess that's what i wanted to say don't stay too close but close enough where your party can see you anyways that was my that was her little uh snippet on that <laughs> all right thanks guys don't forget to like and subscribe thank you bye till next time without a sound